Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host, Frank Santopadre. Our guest this week is an Emmy-winning Tony and Oscar-nominated actress who's been gracing the big and small screen as well as the Broadway stage since the early 1960s. You know her familiar face and sultry voice from hit TV shows like The Fugitive, Columbo, St. Elsewhere, The Golden Girls, Ally McBeal, The King of Queens, Friends, Nip Tuck, and the recent Sex and the City reboot, and just like that. She's also given memorable performances in movies like Summer Tree, Zorro the Gay Blade, Capricorn One, Airport 77, The First Deadly Sin, The Mirror Has Two Faces, Love Affair, HBO's You Don't Know Jack and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well as Jacqueline Suzanne's Once Is Not Enough for which she was nominated for an Oscar and of course as a seductive Manhattan socialite in the 1969 film classic Midnight Cowboy. She's also received Tony nominations for her work in Broadway productions of Cactus Flower and The Goodbye People and co-starred in a Neil Simon productions The Odd Couple and Jake's Women. In her long and very impressive career, this lady has worked alongside Robert Mitchum, Jack Lemmon, Kirk and Michael Douglas, Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, Peter Falk, Michael Caine, Vincent Price, Frank Sinatra, Barbara Streisand, and Al Pacino, as well as our podcast guests, Lee Grant, Alan Alda, Ron Liebman, Richard Benjamin, Sally Struthers and Barry Levinson. Ah, Frank and I are happy to be back in the Sirius XM studios and excited to be talking to one of our favorite actors and a woman who says she used to sneak into Broadway plays with James Caan and Dabney Coleman. The great Brenda Vaccaro. Wow, that's that's some review. Brenda. I'm scaring me how old I am. <laughs> I, think we, I think we dropped one of your Tony nominations. I feel like I'm 104 right now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for being here. We're back so, at Sirius XM just to bring everybody up to speed. Darling. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, my God, I'm exhausted <laughs> yes. from all that work. See, I always say these uh, double as obituaries. It's, it's so, yes. so true. <laughs> Prop up out of the coffin and say, Jesus, thank you so much. <laughs> I'd forgotten. Brenda, thanks for being here. Thanks for having now, me. Now, We're back serious i think it's great that you do this show do you i think it's Thank an you. honor and a pleasure that's very and kind. i love going back to the past because more and more as i see what the future is 
<laughs> and the present. <laughs> this show's all about the I past. think, Jesus Christ, get me out of here. You know, so I think the past has such great class and such style. And there were wonderful people yep. that you could make friends with and that you could remember. And remember with glee and joy. You're on the right show. You know, now you can't wait to get rid of them. <laughs> Is that how you feel about Gilbert? Yes. No, not at all. Not at all. I you, think you, Gilbert's You want to wonderful. explain what was in that intro that you used to sneak into to, to Broadway shows? Yes, yes. For the we'd ask the, Well, it was Jessica Walter and Liz Ashley. It was right. really the girl group. We would ask the, um, um, who were those usherettes, yeah. can we see the second act of West Side Story? She'd go, yeah, okay, stay in the back, stay in the back. And we would sneak in and we would see the second act. And you guys were all students at Neighborhood Playhouse yeah, in yeah. those days with Jimmy, I, Jimmy So Khan. we tried that a lot of times. A lot of times we got a no, you know, but the times we got a yes were like glorious, That's glorious. I days. remember I snuck in to see Midnight Cowboy. The film. Yes. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> yes. It was uh, at the Cameo Theater on Eastern Parkway. I love it, Gilbert. Oh. You remember the theater. You <laughs> yes, saw it. Yes. Isn't that great? And and I remember there was a side door, and you could kind of get your fingernails in it. And, and Yeah. Because oh, they great. wouldn't allow us. It was like an X film. Yes, it was yeah. at the time. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. How'd you get that part? I know Marion Doherty oh, was the casting agent. Yeah, she was great. Boy, there's who's the likes of her now? A legend. Maybe Bonnie T Bonnie Timmerman. Yeah, not a lot of them around. <clears throat> not at all. There's not a lot of anything and around John anymore. Schlesinger had seen you on Broadway? No. Yes, he had. He was not impressed, but Marion pushed me. <laughs> and Because he, he didn't think I was right for the part. Okay. And so I came in and I auditioned, and I think... I don't know. He just called me back. I don't want to say he was impressed, but he called me back. He was terribly English, you know. Thank you very much for coming. One of those where you thought, well, that's doom. If I've ever heard doom in a voice, that was it. Thank you very much for coming. And then he asked me back, and then he asked me back, and John Voigt was there, and I read with John. And then my agent, Arnold Hosquith, at the time started getting excited. He said, I think something's going to go on here. You know, he started Great. to feel that it was going to happen. I had to audition quite a few times before he settled with it. I saw so, in an interview with you that, that Voight and Hoffman weren't his first choices. He was after Michael Sarazen. That's he was. For the Joe And Buck Michael part. Sarazen was not permitted to leave his contract. Interesting. With somebody else. And I think that just was the end of his career, to tell you the truth. Think about it. It would have made his career, and it would. These are the things that happen Turning and make points. you feel like you're in and, Vegas. Oh, and the you other chose one. the wrong card at the wrong moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The the other one who was supposed to be Joe Buck was uh, what what's his name? Blonde haired, very handsome actor was in Barbarella. Oh, oh, I know who you mean. Uh, uh, three names. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. He was John, supposed was to John be... Philip Law? John Philip Law. John Philip Law. Oh, my right. Very God. They, good. they right. asked him to be in, uh, you know, Joe Buck. And and I think the movie, he turned it down he for... He turned it down. Yeah. And because, I mean, why would you turn down a movie that has... Uh, how can it not be a great film if it has Jackie Gleason and Groucho Marx in it? <laughs> oh, he turned it down for that he, movie? For, for, yeah. For Skidoo? Skidoo. Unbelievable. He <laughs> Why he didn't kill himself uh, right then? <laughs> if... Well, I mean, he was very handsome. Yes. But he was just a little stupid. He was a... <laughs> 
I didn't think the guy had a keen eye about where he was going. You know what I mean? Now Schlesinger. I didn't think he was a career strategist. You like Schlesinger, although I heard you say Loved in an him. interview he could be a little on the bitchy side. Always. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. Always bitchy, and then laughing hysterically after he'd say something so cruel. And he wanted you to be nude. And this, this is where Anne Roth comes into the story. Right, right. But, oh, you know that. Yes. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. Because you had a famous line that you said to him about your mother. When oh, he, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think he kind of went along with pasties on your nipples and <laughs> panties on. And he kind of didn't say anything when I came out with the pasties. <laughs> And he never looked to see if I had panties, but I did. And I got into bed, and oh, they were driving me crazy. <laughs> I was doing this a lot, moving them around and doing. And finally he said, Take the fucking things off. You know, and I said, Really? He said, Yes. He said, Julie Christie and Darling took them and threw them across the room. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I did. I threw it You know, and that did that. And, um, <laughs> but he was very bawdy about everything. Yeah. You but know? What, but what did you, what did you say to him about well, your, because, your, your mother? Yeah. Yeah, because that's a funny the line. The greatest story is Ann Roth, because I was panicked. Yeah. To, to continue the work without any cover, without anything. And she said, don't worry about it. We'll fix it. And I said, we will. And this was her first film, I think, wasn't it? I think it was I don't her know. first film. It's interesting. It may have been. Yeah. And I'd worked with her in Cactus Flowers. She had done my costume, Sarah, so I knew her. Still with us and in her 90s. Yeah. Roth, oh, yeah. yeah. Working. Yeah. And, yes. Just went to London to, because of a contractual tell, thing. And tell us about John Voigt and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, they were great. They were wonderful, but I want to tell you this thing about Ann Roth because this, okay. this was kind of movie magic. Okay. So she said, I'll fix it. Don't worry. And I said, how? Because he wants me nude. She said, let me think about it. So she went back to Pennsylvania where she lives, not because of me, just that's her house. So she went there and on her way home, she stopped at like a drugstore or like something that would be like, what? A store where you go in and buy everything. A general store? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, something like that. And she, on her way in, she sees this guy with his trunk open, and inside he's got all these furs. So she goes up to him and she said, let me ask you something. What's all the furs about? He said, what do you want to know for? <laughs> and she said, well, I was just wondering if I could buy that red fox, that coat. Yeah. So he said, yeah, how much? She said, 250 He said, yeah, take it. She gave him 250 in cash. She went to her purse. She gave him 250 in cash. Uh -huh. It was magic that she had 250 in cash in those days. Yeah, sure. No ATMs. Yeah, right. Right. And she brought it in the next day. She said, here's what you're wearing in the scene. And saved you. Saved me. Uh, yeah. Oh, Not, come on. That was yeah. like, you know. And mom and Aunt Margie didn't have to see and you. And so when, when <laughs> Schlesinger saw me, he said, oh, darling, I absolutely adore it. Annie, brilliant. I love see fucked in Fox. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about and, Voigt and Hoffman. Well, I mean, they were really splendid guys. I mean, they were fun to work with. It was easy. It was cozy. They both were theater people. You know, yeah. they had done plays. They had done Off-Broadway. <clears throat> I love Dustin. I just thought he was a hoot, you know. 
And you know how he got this part. Did you know how he got the part? Wasn't he, didn't he drag Schlesinger to, to see to a waiter? The, down to yeah. see a waiter in the meat market right. area. Right, He takes him to a restaurant and this guy whose hair was all going in different directions and was like, you know, one of these yeah. Yeah. and had um, pants that were hanging off of him and he had a limp. And he looked at, at Schlesinger and he said, you see him, that's right, so. And Schlesinger turned to him and he said, I think you've just got the part. How about that? Oh very, my God. Very clever. That's how he did it. That's wow. how he did it. And I think that's just because you know, who was he gonna put in Ratso? Who, what actor was good enough to do a Ratso? And what original look, what original persona would that be because it's such an important part? You had it's worked. the integral part of the whole piece. You had worked with Dustin years earlier. Do you have any? Do you have any memory of that? No. You do. You you were in it. <laughs> I'm going to have to dig it out of my notes. But you were in it. I'm too old to remember. An early <laughs> an early TV performance with him. I'll come back to it. But do tell Gilbert. I would not be. I would not be surprised. Tell Gilbert about. That I adore the, uh, him, <laughs> and I adore John Voight. Is just, you know, he was like, so innocent in front of the camera. He go, do I look better this way? Doing a muscle pose. He was a little or, into himself. Is, he, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to do Joe Buck, but he was so Joe Buck. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, he sure. kind of would it, sit there it, on the it's bed so going. funny. When you look back on the young uh, John Voight. Yes. It, it's, uh, it's it's what what's her name? Um, his daughter. Angelina Jolie. It's Angelina Jolie. That, yeah. I mean, it's you go, oh, my God. She definitely looks like her father. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, she looks like that young when he was because he was a pretty actor. Yeah, and okay. unfortunately, politically, is just as confused as he was. <laughs> Unless IMDb is full of shit, Brenda, you yeah. were in a show called The Doctors and the Nurses in 1965 with the young Dustin Hoffman. Oh my God! Yeah. Now, before Gilbert, oh, Duke- you know who produced that, Quinn Martin? Quinn Am Martin? I right? Uh, probably. Probably. Quinn Martin was one of the greatest television producers at the very beginning. He produced beginning. Everything, everything back everything. then. Do you remember? Yes. Was, I was, uh, that's the first reduction. time I worked for Quinn. I loved Quinn Martin. Tell Gilbert about the party scene where all the Andy Warhol people sh- showed up and you were talking about the girl who died the monkey green. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Does this ring a bell? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Schlesinger invited everybody in from New York. Yes. City. Yes. To the party. Yeah. Word went out, and every creature, crazy or not crazy, <laughs> and we, I, when I came to work one morning, I walk into the set, which was that building they were going to have the party, and I don't know, it had stairs like this. I can't remember. There was big rooms all over. I think it was Andy Warhol's, one of his buildings. Maybe because Viva's in the movie, and yeah, some of the yeah. people are in the movie. Anyway, there's a girl standing there. And she had on a green outfit. I'm trying to remember now all this. And there was a green monkey sitting on her. <laughs> and a green parrot on this side. Her nails were green. And her hair was green. And she said, she said good morning. <laughs> I'm here for the party. And I went, really? I couldn't believe that somebody like this would get asked into the party. Weren't there just like couples having sex too yes. in, the, in your dressing room? Yeah, well, yeah. I found somebody yeah. doing that in my yeah. dressing room. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it, it was 1960s, you know, freak out fun. Sure. No rules. 
um, Schlesinger wanted that. He wanted this crazy party that he knew was happening in America right then and there. You know, people were free in an, in a, in an exotic and eccentric way. Interesting. The Andy Warhol way. Look at his people, you know. What was her name? Ultraviolet. Mm -hmm. Everybody was kind of like, you'd say, are they crazy? You know, you'd lean forward to a friend that wasn't and say, what's with them? You know, and this girl that was all green, I don't think she got into the party because uh -huh. I think she was really gone. Or the monkey. Yeah, or the <laughs> Gilbert the parrot. Gil Gilbert, I, now now would be a good time for you to for you to favor Brenda with a little bit of your John MacGyver from uh, from Midnight yes, Cowboy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Joe Buck, you got a strong back, Joe Buck. You're gonna need it. Oh, get on your knees, get on your knees, oh, and let's pray, Joe Buck. That's brilliant. Oh my God, that's so good. We finally God have somebody you. here for Midnight Cowboy. I'll say. say you could... And wasn't he brilliant? Great. Wasn't I, I, well, he the right he's... person to cast in that part? Perfect. And then when he opens the door, <laughs> and he was, and you... there's Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was. It's get out on your knees. I just rewatched it. And oh. every other part he played was a comedy part, yeah. and this yeah. was perfect. Yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah, I never forget that casting. Uh, I think it was some of the brilliant casting that John did. Oh, it's terrific. He did, he did surprising actors. You went like, what? Even small parts. Balaban, yes, too, who was here Yes, yes. Oh, God, wasn't that great? Yeah, yeah. That scene, he was pretty damn brave to do that scene. That's the he first. He was a kid. You were a kid. Yeah. Were you 21, we 22? Kids. We were all kids. Yes, yeah. I think I introduced him as the guy who blew John Voight. <laughs> yes. In the movie theater. And then doesn't have any money. Well, that was the only way to do it in those days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, let me tell you. Lonesomeness is something you take, you hear? Damage it, take it, and you go right on with your work. That's all there's talk. I'm ready to go, sir. Yes, I believe you are. Cowboy, eh? Yes, sir. Yeah. Ready for some hard work, son? I'm ready for anything. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be a lot easier for you, Joe Buck, than for most others. It's going to be like money from home, sir. Money from home. There's your strength, son. See? You've got the way of putting things earthy so they anybody can understand them. I warn you, Joe Buck. I'm gonna use you. I'm gonna run you ragged. <laughs> You're a wonderful boy. You and me, we're gonna have fun together. It don't have to be joyless. Hell no. Don't have to be. Say, why don't you and me get right down on our knees right now? How's that strike you? Where? Right here! 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 Right now! Why not? Why not? I prayed in the streets. I prayed in the saloons. I prayed in the toilets. It don't matter where, so long as he gets that prayer! Oh, you know, you, like a lot of guests we've had on this show, yeah. you've worked with Milton Berle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, going now, so it, I have to go to the next question. <laughs> Did you ever see Milton Berle's stick? No. <laughs> you know how happy I am about that? If I had to say yes, this conversation would have gone on way too long. You dodged a bullet, Brendan. <laughs> you, you, but he talked about it a lot. Did he? 
<laughs> and I finally said, what? I'm not interested. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I what? mean, what he did... was a character of the... Do you know he upstaged me once? You know what he did? He he, he replaced my father in the Herb Gardner The Goodbye play. People, yeah. Uh, Silverman, that was his name. And he walked all the way upstage to say his line. Wow. So if I had walked up there... I would have been upstaged because then he would have probably gone around. You you know what I'm saying? Sure. So he was upstaging me. It was an old-fashioned way to upstage somebody. So I thought, I don't give a shit. I walked up there and I looked at him and I said, okay, say that line again in front of the (laughs) (laughs) So he said it again. He was like, he was like beside himself. And I turned to the audience and I said, you see? (laughs) And I said my line. I was like, you're not going to do this to me. And he get was away famous with it. for upstaging. Yeah, 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 yeah. you're not going to get away with it now, this with now, me. Now, what did he say about his dick? No. <laughs> you know something? How big it was. <laughs> How women would swim around in it. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> he was embarrassing. He was really embarrassing. Did he see you run into him in a club years later or the Friars or something? And he said, this one is funny. Yeah, and he yeah, pointed, yeah, he yeah. He said, Brandon McCarr, watch out, she's funny. Like that, <laughs> you know, because I all I, I, but he was scared of me after a while. Because, I imagine. Because, you know, you couldn't do that to me. You couldn't upstage me without me knowing I was being upstaged. Or if he would flub a line, I would say to him, you want to say that again? <laughs> so my laugh line makes sense. Do you know that, in other words, somebody yeah. flubs their, the setup to your laugh line? I would look at him on the stage, not so the audience, but I would go, you want to say that line again? You know, say it again. And he would say it again. So in the end, I was bossing him around like his wife, Ruth. That's I mean, he had no he had no chance with me because I didn't fall no. apart was like he, a two dollar suit. Was he insecure suit. because the role was too big for him? I think he That's was because one say. time Walter Matthau, I heard him go backstage. Yeah, and he went into his room and read him the riot act. Really? What's wrong with you? You can't have an accent? What's wrong? Who is this character? <laughs> Who are you playing? Do you have a picture in your mind? That was Matthau. <laughs> Wow. Tell, tell us about Matthau. I loved him. Oh my God! I didn't. I never got to work with him. Yeah. But wasn't he brilliant? Oh, oh great. Yes. You did work with Jack Lemmon, and you notice we're jumping around here a lot. Yeah, but I'm, I love I'm, Jack. I'm, I'm going to make segues here because before we turn the mics on, we'll tell oh, the audience. And, that and before we go, uh, Walter Matthau. Um, I didn't it, work with Walter, yeah. but I knew him, and he always in Universal Commissary. How you doing, kid? Yeah. And he'd wink. That meant a lot He's to me. He's going to do a little math though for you. Oh, this, do it. This the kind of person you're going to be for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're not going to make any effort to change. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Brenda laughing and it applauding. Is the best. He's a great mimic, isn't he? You're the best, darling. How many John MacGyver's? It makes me miss him. That's from the one he did with um, um, with Jack. With Jack. Huh? Yeah, a couple. Yeah. Oh, odd couple, it was yeah. that? Yeah. Oh. It's the 10th floor. <laughs> <laughs> the curse of the cat people. Oh, God, weren't they great? And yeah. the one he did with, who, who was the little guy, the comic, famous, famous. Oh, George Burns and the George Sunshine George Burns, Boys. wasn't that the, yeah, best the best performance? The best. I love that character he played. I just want to say to... Impenetrable. You could not get a word of sense into him at all. It's the Marashko Theater. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's so true. Let's quickly segue so we don't lose the thread. Jack Lemon, before we turn the mics on, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Brenda opened up her phone and showed us a picture oh, of her gosh. from the set of Airport 77, which you did with Jack. Yes. Scary. And, and she, she terrified phone. Gilbert and I yes. with this photograph. Why don't you tell the, 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 our listeners what the photograph was? It's me jumping off a helicopter, a helicopter plane into the water which was the Pacific Ocean, 12 miles out from San Diego. And with, I think, six or seven, uh, what do you call those guys? A Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs yeah. in a plastic boat yeah. with their hands up like this, ah. without my shoes, meaning that the, the plane was sinking. That's what they were trying to show. And that I had to jump into the water to save myself. And I had on this jacket. Right, right. And I was crying. I said to Jack, I don't want to do this. I just got over pneumonia. I can't do this. And he kept saying, kid, this is showbiz. (laughs) Come on, don't cry. Just get the thing over with. Jump and go for it. They're going to catch you. It's okay, Brenda. You're going to be okay. What if I die or break my neck or something? He said, you're going to be fine. You're going to go. Just go for it. Just go. And so he was standing there like this. You see his hands? They were crossed. Yeah, yeah. He had just gone like this. He'd just given me that push. And he was waiting to see what happened. I just watched it last night, and I assumed that you guys were in the tank at Universal. No way. And you were actually in the Pacific Ocean. In the Pacific Ocean. That's, that's a great and I'd just gotten back from two weeks of trying to heal from pneumonia yeah. because every day they put water all over you. And, As and, a matter of fact, Olivia de Havilland have a picture of her with her false eyelash this way. Hanging on her face. I was going to ask you about that. When they flood the when they flood the set, and it you guys are hit with the water. It was huge things like this coming at you. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they hit her in her chest, and she screamed like you can't believe. Really? Not Ooh. even. She was like, if she had put that in her performance of the heiress, she would have won three. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you you're in the scene with Robert Foxworth and and Monty Markham. Oh, and, everybody, and, and, look uh, at that. And Lee and Lee Grant. And, yeah, and you guys are all suddenly hit. they they let go of this water in this. Tank. Everybody showed up, didn't they? Chris, Joseph Cotton. Christopher, the Joseph up. Cotton's in there. He had an ascot on. Yeah. I think he was sick. Yeah. From smoking or something. I don't know, but I, I just I, I never. But he was such a gentleman. Oh my we've, God. we've never Great interviewed actor. anybody who got hit with water like that or was That's, in that kind that of a special water was scene. forceful. Yeah, I can imagine. And so what they were trying to do was to create the kind of force that when you land at the bottom of the ocean or you're on your way down there, there's a lot of water flushing in. So I think a lot of actors were scared. It was scary. You and Jack did, had good did you at any points? Think uh, like all right enough. I got to get out of this. Yeah, you mean that movie in yeah, particular? Yeah, I kind of had a bad time because number one, I got sick because every day that my blouse was wet, my underbody body suit was wet. You know, you were freezing, you were cold. You know, and then they do the water again. It was warm water. It was arduous. You know, an arduous experience. And, and now, now you could stay at home, and they could just uh, computerize you in the ocean. I guess yes, it's yeah. a different kind of thing. One time, one of the women who was married to one of the producers, and she used to be a singer in France. Don't ask. I don't know nothing about her. She's standing on the set. You want to know? And because it's when the plane falls back into the water, and she's like this. She's doing this. And Jerry Jameson, who's the director, said, hey, he said, 
whatever her name was, Nicole. I can't remember her name. You don't have to do that, honey. We have a hydraulic plane wheel. We can do that. <laughs> you know, people were doing the most ridiculous things imagine. to try to look like they were really involved in this crash. What about your fight on, in that scene with, oh my with your God, friend, your longtime and friend, and our guest Lee Grant? I know, I know. And she's hysterical. We'll set the scene because I watched it last night. She's hysterical. She's married to Christopher Lee. Yeah, she's trying. He's- to- but he's he he's in the water. He's in the water. At he this can't point. get back in the plane, right. right? She's trying to open the the, the, the door, door to get him, and you're the flight attendant that has to prevent her from opening the door. Correct. That's going to let the water the rush. <laughs> and, and you and Lee have to fight. Yes, we have to fight to get the door, because you can't open the door, you idiot. I said, yeah. if you open the door then all the water's going to come in and kill everybody, right? right? And her yeah. husband's at the window going, me, me, I want in. So she goes crazy to try to open the door, and I try to stop her, you know? Yeah. And she really got very upset. <laughs> <laughs> in the scene, she was pushing me and pushing, doing it real, and I was like, could you calm down, You guys please? were friends to this point. Yes. You'd already made the TV special what together. What the huh? fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're beating me up. <laughs> you know, so that was one take that didn't go. <laughs> and you finally land a punch on her. Yes, I yeah. did. You saw that? Yeah, I got great. tired. It's great. Of her state of reality. <laughs> you not, know, she not, had it, it had to be so real for her, you know? We lovely. Now I, do now too. I gotta mention a name. I was trying to hold it till later, what? but everyone's bringing it up, and that's Michael Douglas. Oh, God. <laughs> we were puppies. We were young colts together. Sweet. Yeah. He, he was, was wonderful. Your hippie boyfriend. He was he was a hippie dippy. Yeah. That's what I called him. So that was in streets of San Francisco you met him? No, summer no, tree. no. What? Where did I Some, meet on him? Summer Tree, didn't you? Yes, he yeah. chose me to be in Summer Tree with him. Yes, he did. Yeah, streets of San Francisco. And that came was later. the film his father let him produce. Right. Right. And or his father's company produced. And tell Gilbert it, who I the think. director of that picture was. Anthony Newley. Can you imagine? I don't know how that oh, happened. Oh, jeez, Anthony Newley. Yeah, isn't that weird? What kind of fool am I <laughs> who never fell in love? So you think that I'm the only one <laughs> that I have been thinking of? What kind? I didn't know you were going to get a show, did you, Brenda? <laughs> that is so great. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. Uh, what can I say? Because he was an interesting dude. He really was. I think he was looking for a girlfriend, I think. And he wasn't with Joan Collins yet. And he seemed kind of desperate and sort of like like he felt he was out of place directing this. Interesting. You know, he wasn't comfortable. Interesting. And why he took the job, I don't know, you know. But he was very competitive with Michael. You know, and Michael and I were forming this kind of new relationship and he was trying to get in the middle of it. And, you know, he was like a, a bit of a nuisance. But um, I really felt felt very kindly towards him because of his work. His work was brilliant. 
Do you know so, the good, singing? Good songwriter, too. <laughs> yeah. There's but, always I'm... a joker <laughs> in the pack. There's always a cardboard clown. <laughs> the poor painted fool falls on his back. But everyone laughs when he's down. I love that There's song. What is that a song? funny man in the game. But he's only funny. By mistake, <laughs> everyone laughs at him just the same. They don't see his painted heartbreak. <laughs> Jesus, where does that come from? <laughs> That's some musical none of us have seen. I don't even know. What is that from? Stop the world! I want to get off. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Stop the world! I want to. That's Michael. That's just a, a pure guess. And on Leslie my part. Brickus and him Leslie, were like, we just yes. lost Leslie Brickus. Yeah. Yeah. A couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. He used to write those songs for him. Huge talent. So you've so to follow Gilbert's thread, and we don't really do gossip here, but we'll do a little bit of it sure you and michael obviously clicked yeah on that movie and that that launched a seven-year relationship seven years it was wonderful in many ways we 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 came to hollywood he was in new york he did a play called huntsville and his father said to me as we walked backstage he's not going to do theater and i said he's not why he said he doesn't have the voice for it Take it back to go back to Hollywood. How interesting! Isn't that interesting? He said he's going to be a he's going to be a star, but he's not going to be a theater star, because oh. you have to. And that's one of the things that's really true. You know, he doesn't have that kind of a voice. Projection. Yeah. 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 Or that kind of a voice that you need to be on the stage. Gilbert, you're a projector. You could have yeah, started. You, you and I understand projection. Car. Yeah. You know, I don't think Michael had it. But in the movies, he became like that, you know, streets of San Francisco. We packed up. I had a cat that had three babies. I took them on the plane. And we went to, I gave up my apartment mm -hmm. in Gramercy Park. Mm -hmm. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> anyway, I gave up my, 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 my apartment there, and I went to New York to live a life with him there. And he was right. We went to build a stairway to paradise, and by God, we did. We ended up sitting in a circle. Everybody wore white. There was Joni Mitchell, uh -huh. Warren Beatty, wow. Julie Christie, Key and Brenda, Jack, and I don't know, Robert Town. Wow. Smoking a joint. What a crowd. Talking about what we were going to do in Hollywood. Angelica wasn't there? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. What did you guys... But when I met her, she became my best friend, and Angelica. she is up to this day. I adore her. Oh, we're big fans. Oh, my God. She's crazy. We had Danny here, as I told you. Danny Houston. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So you guys had some sort of ceremony, but it wasn't a wedding. It was a hippie ceremony. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. It was in Joel Dean's backyard. He was our agent. And I wore a long dress with flowers in my hair. Like, you know, these girls that were all on Sunset Boulevard sitting on this sidewalk with little elastic things here that came off, and then the umpire elastic, and down dresses, flock velvet down to the bottom, and they'd come up to the car at a red light, and they'd throw a joint in the car and go, peace. <laughs> Great days, Brenda. That was the best. That was the best. I smoked it, too. Trust me, trust me. Things were pure in those days. Did Kirk want you guys to make it official? I think he did. Yes, yeah. I think Ann did too. I think I was there long enough. Yeah, you were. You the know, pictures. Kirk would say things. Tell me you're trying. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, Just tell me you're trying. Now, Kirk, tell Kirk is like the really like the definition uh, of a movie, a movie star. star. Sure Absolutely, yeah. he. It's like you can't. There'll never be one like that ever again. And you know, so, I really, I really learned a lot from him because during the rushes of Summer Tree, he would be sitting in the back and he'd say, "Brenda," and. Yes, sir. <laughs> He'd say, when it's a close-up on you and it's that close, you can't move. Do not move your hands. Don't move. You're moving too much. Just be still. Say your lines. Find another way to adjust. Well, how interesting. And it was interesting. See, that was a lesson. He tell you And how when I did him. that other movie that Howard Koch produced, uh, he knows more than the I Jacqueline do. The Jacqueline Suzanne movie? Yes. Once is not enough. He was in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he would say, don't turn your head that fast. You're turning your head too fast. He said, you need to have a new reverence for the camera. That's fantastic. A reverence. Did he tell you how to enter the set? To walk onto the oh, set? Oh, yes. Oh, this was great. He said, uh, my dear, he said, here is the key. And you are a star. You're becoming a big star. I want you to walk on that set every morning. And have people ask you, is anything wrong? Can we get you anything? What can we do? Is Are you all right? And I said, really? He said, listen to me. Do what I say. He said, you're in command now. So he it's had a, it to a science. How about that? To a science. That's what pretty, a wonderful thing to say. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's pretty cool what he said. Yes. And you're so right, yes. sweetheart. He had it down to a science. He knew what to do all the time. And I saw one of the greatest moments of nepotism in my life. <laughs> <laughs> when Michael Douglas convinced him to give him Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, he After he had given it, or was thinking of giving right. it to Peter Fonda, and Michael was having a shit fit in the cab up to a Japanese restaurant. God knows where. Who remembers? Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember the sushi. <laughs> and we're in the cab, and here's Michael, Dad, give it to me. It's I grew up with it. I know the guy. You know, I, I mean, I know the book. I, I, it really belongs to me. I want to produce it. I've got $150,000 in that thing. I can't, you know, I can't give it to you. I got to give it to somebody who's produced something. He's produced. Dad, I'm the producer. I'm telling you right now I can handle this thing. I know exactly what to do with it. It's got to be written as a screenplay. I've got Larry Taubin ready to do it. I'm going to make you more than 150000 You listen to me. I'll make you millions with this picture because it belongs to me and I'm going like this and looking at him in the middle Wow! in the back seat he, he was... I heard it Wow! I heard him win his father over finally Kirk got out on the wrong side of the street said I'm getting out of here alright alright you can have it and, and, and history, movie history was made movie history was made and that cab ride Kirk. isn't that great that's wow. a true when story you saw, when you saw the Oscars the ceremony and you see Cuckoo's Nest winning best picture but we all knew it was going to you got to think I was in the cab when it yeah all, right when it right but that 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 beautiful moment when people use the word nepotism mm -hmm. you know if it can be that beautiful if you can win it with such grace and such wisdom Right. about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And you can't give it to Peter Fonda. I'm of the same generation, Dad. You give it to me. It's sure. me who deserves and it. Made magic. And, and, and I read it, and I know that book backwards and forwards, and you can't give it to anybody but me. And I see this plea, and I see Michael leaning forward talking, and I thought, wow, this is beautiful. 
This better Kirk, work. Kirk, I got goosebumps just now. This better Kirk work. Kirk Douglas spent years trying to get that made for him. He spent thousands. He had 150000 in it, if I recall. And for him at that moment, in this time in his life, I think it was a lot. I mean, you know, people thought yeah. more of 150000 than they do today. It's yeah. impressive when you think of Michael being a young producer, not really, not seasoned. No, he's never done said. well. But he has the sense to bring in Milos Forman and 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 Nicholson. But that's after Milos a Iver. lot of people. Uh huh. But still, he was still with not not knowing they were really judgmental. But the great thing was Jack, Jack Nicholson. You know, they worked on writing this thing. He closed himself off in a room with Larry Larry Hobbin, Hobbin, and they would write and write. And I do this and put a sandwich in the. <laughs> On a piece of plate and shove it in there. We're not eating. Oh God, they're on drugs again. Okay. <laughs> you were living with well, well, you know, point. yeah, yeah, yeah right. in Benedict Canyon. Right. But it was like that was the seventies in Hollywood. You know. Wow. Everybody was on drugs. You name it, they were on it. <laughs> <laughs> they were on it, man. You know. That's why we were back in the in the days when we got the hippie wedding. We were with Joel Dean, and there was this table that was laid out instead of cake. It was all these joints. <laughs> These joints and booze, bottles of booze, whiskey, brewer bourbon, vodka, and all these joints, baby. But you didn't. But you didn't like LSD. You said because it made you. It made you see. Oh, we were in Bali, Indonesia. I didn't like it at all. You didn't like it. They make it from the the cow shit over there. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of bluish. I see. You didn't like and it. And all you do after you've seen some one thing eight times, you like this thing, eight times you go, I want off of this. Anybody got anything like two Tylenol? Anybody got aspirin? You can't say you didn't try everything. I tried, I tried. Yeah. You, were, you know, when in Rome. And speaking of getting advice, and Nicholson, he gave you career advice too. Oh, he did. That guy was great. What did he tell well, you? Well, not was, he's alive, but I adore yes. Jack Nicholson. What did he tell you? He said... Um, I'll tell you something, baby. He said, uh, don't you do television. I said, but but I make money. Don't do television. You're a movie star. And I said, but that's ridiculous. I'm an actor. You are a movie star, Brenda. And if they're looking at you at this size, and he did his hands like cinema. What is that? Was it cinema? The huge. Oh, cinemascope. Cinemascope. Yeah. His hands were out here. I didn't know there was a screen that big. And he said, and they see you this size. Do you really think they're going to come and pay to see you in this size? It's fascinating advice. Isn't it something he said? Never do it because it diminishes the star capabilities, the star um, position. And yet you or something. Really he used a better word. You, I can't think. But anyway, he was determined that I shouldn't do American television. No, he 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 popped up. He's never done television. The only place you've ever when seen he was him very young. is a two, basketball no, game. Two Andy Griffith shows. But he wasn't. No. But he wasn't Jack Nicholson yet. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. was on the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Well, he never. You never saw him well, again. No. Except at the basketball well, game. Not till he's right. On before one he's of the Andy Griffith shows, it's like. Every uh, sitcom has to do their uh, yeah. 12 Angry Men episode. So Aunt B was on the jury, oh, and wow. he's a guy accused of stealing a television set. Oh, my God. And I think he was, was I think he, he good? Was, I think he was the father of a bully. Yes. Or a, or a, or oh, a, or oh a, he leaves 
he has a baby yeah, and leaves right. it that's in the right. town. That's right. But yeah. this is this is so long before. <laughs> Almost like his real life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> long before he's he had babies star. with different people. Uh, um, speaking of movie stars that you loved, Robert Mitchum. Yeah, I loved him. He was like everything to me. Really? Yeah, everything. Can't find that movie either. I'm going just home. going home. Yeah. Oh, I gosh. Looked. I learned everything from him. Everything. He was just, Brenda, watch yourself. You got the common touch. I said, what's that? People think they can come up and hug you and touch you. You know, and he said, they can hug you. And he said, it's no good. Just keep walking, baby. Don't move back. <laughs> I love it. Isn't that something? He was like, I was so in love with him, I couldn't see straight. And I I just worshipped the ground he walked That's on because star. he didn't act. He was, he right. just was to be. Right. You know, I saw him lose his temper. I saw him hold up a bag of grass in one of those black garbage baggies, the brown one. Yeah. And he said, I guess this will get us through the summer. He liked his and cannabis. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, what is that? And he went. <laughs> Look, I'm an idiot. <laughs> you think I'm holding garbage here? <laughs> he said, this is Mishwa Khan. And I said, Mishwa Khan. <laughs> what an idiot. You know, he couldn't get over how dumb I was. He said, that's a state in Mexico where they have the best grass grown and known to man. He would know. Who brought that to you? A little guy on a burrow with a sombrero <laughs> on, all right? What more do you need to know? And he said, just try it. Well, he, we rolled one. I tried it. Guess what? I need to be carried back. I bet. I, needed a, I need a gurney <laughs> to take me back to my room. It makes you like this. Just... <laughs> I wish we had video, Brenda's, You were at yeah, peace, man. The chair. You want to talk about peace from grass? You were at peace. That's a movie and... star, though, huh? <laughs> Night of the Hunter. And and you worked with Peter Falk. Yes. Charming. A couple of times. Cookie, yeah. Susan Seidelman's movie. Yeah. And you did a Columbo. I had a Rottweiler at the time, and I brought a broad filo to work. And so under the table where everybody was eating out by the beach because we were doing, God, that was such a rich show. The table was long. The fried chicken was Columbo, great. you mean? Yeah, Columbo. Yeah. So they had a good craft services? And I had Philo with me, and Philo was very interested in Peter Falk. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept going between his legs and going, oh, 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 like a puppy. And, and Peter kept saying to me, is this dog all right? It's a Rottweiler. I said, no, don't worry, Peter. Get this dog off of me. You know, and the dog then put both legs up on his thighs and wanted to kiss him. And he went, God almighty, Brenda, get this dog off me. It's a Rottweiler. You liked he the, loved animals. Yes, yes. But, but, you know, this was scaring. The Rottweiler scared him. You liked him personally. Oh, I loved him. Yeah. I loved him. He would say things like, you see her do that scene? in front of the crew. That is a great actress. That's what you are. You know how he would... He could love actors. He was so good to everybody. Now, what I said was that your baby sister, she's so beautiful. Teresa was only two years younger than I, Lieutenant. Oh, look, I didn't mean... No. You know, I had this younger brother. He was like a year and seven months younger than me, but I called him baby. So did everybody else, so I just said that automatically. Never mind. But you're right, of course. 
She never had a facelift either. Facelift, huh? Oh, ah, she's a natural beauty. And she's so sweet to everybody. Look, even when they ask her dumb questions, look how sweet she is. Lieutenant, I thought you were out looking for her killer. Oh, I am, ma'am. There's just some things that I want to learn about her first. Like what? Like she never quite ever grew up? Never stopped talking to strangers? Was always the fairy princess in the family? Except that hasn't bothered me since high school when she got all the dates and won all the English prizes because I discovered I knew how to make money for everybody. And she discovered just how much she needed me. Excuse me, ma'am. It's just this part here. He was so loving. You liked his pal Gazzara as well, a favorite of Gilbert's. What is it? Ben Gazzara. You liked Ben Gazzara as well. I loved him. Yeah. Those guys were great. You know what? One of the worst things in my life is turning down John, who was the partner, the other guy, the other actor. Cassavetes. Cassavetes. What'd you turn him down? He called me down from the actor's studio. He called me from the actor's studio and he asked me to come down and do a play with him and Gina and Carol Kane. I said, I can't. I'm just so sorry. You regret it. Huh? You oh, regret it. To this day. Yeah. To this day. I was shooting a Polaroid commercial. And <laughs> <laughs> as you know, that took me to the nearest bus stop, and that was it. Not taking Jack's advice. <laughs> I should have gone down and worked with them on some play they were doing. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, it was John Cassavetes. I should have just gone and spent the day. What kind of guy? We were throwing names around too before we turned the mics on, and 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 Brenda was delighting Gilbert and I with these names: Harry Gardino. Oh, I loved him. Ben, ben yeah. Gazzara. Yeah, uh, we just those loved guys him. were a team. Love you know, they, they were the Italian guys running the city, but nobody knew it. <laughs> I love these character actors. Oh, they were so good. They were so good, and their laughter and their jokes, everything about their humor, was just I don't know. I found myself just laughing so hard. I go had to go pee. I was just in love with all of them. They were so good. Harry Gardino was in everything. He was. Wasn't he good? He, he was great. all the time. He was great. And he had an affair with Janet Stewart, who was the social Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Janet Stewart, uh, Rhinelander Stewart, who she was married to John Wine Rhinelander. Look at everybody looking it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Looking it up. And he had, she was madly in love. Janet was her name, and it was Serena's mother. Serena was in the neighborhood playhouse with me. Serena Rhinelander Stewart. Yes, she was an heiress. Great name. And her mother married this man who bought and owned Washington Square and hired Sanford White. He's loving this. Sanford White. Because I know. Sure. To do the inside of Washington Square. These people were rich. (laughs) Let me tell you. And he was in love with her. And he was having an affair with her. And she was breathtakingly beautiful. Good stuff, Gil. Show yeah. me a picture of Janet oh, Rhinelander okay. Stewart. I wonder if this little thing will work. You work in, you work in Siri? In, yeah. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Let me oh. throw let me throw some more fun. Go, 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 go. I just thought you. if they popped up, yeah. I'd be tell, really Tell us about working with Pacino. Well, I've known him since we were eighteen. Do you know what I mean? Why? We both had Marty Bregman as a manager. Yeah. And we were both with him for years. And so every party that Marty Bregman would give, I would see Al there. And we would flirt with each other. He was just 
the most, you know how beautiful he was when he was young. Oh my God, he was so handsome. We were just reading, we had a, a, an author here who wrote a book about the Godfather. Yeah, and George Lucas's say? wife said to Coppola, cast him because he undresses you with his eyes. Yeah, and he has a very powerful, a very powerful presence when mm-hmm. you're with him, mm-hmm. you know? And you loved working with him and Barry Levinson. I loved it, I had the best time ever. You played Kevorkian's Jack Kevorkian's sister. Yes. And you, you came up with the idea to do that scene in the Bob's Big Boy. I read that was it. was your idea. I read it. Yeah. And you told Barry you got to make this scene. And somebody who was a friend knew about it. And um, wait a minute. What was this now? The sister? What, what was it again? She knew that she knew why... He was arrested. Why the cops found out? Yeah, in the scene about he, yeah, him. Yeah, and it was because of the sister's daughter. That's right. Who took a check that he wrote, that he paid, signed his name or something, and gave it. And the police found that check, and that's how they found they. That's how they found him. That's right. See, that's because he's he's bawling you out in that scene. He's saying you and your daughter. Yeah, you and your daughter. Did. That was let, when they split him. up for six months. That's right. They split up for six months because he was furious at his sister and at the daughter. And then what happened? He went to prison, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you he meet, ever? Did you meet no, But six months later, did they get? They never got back together again. You know, in the movie, they made him go back together again, but they never got back together. The truth is, she died. Right. Well, you storm and out of the. So at six months later, she died. Yeah. And so he never was able to, to make it right, to say I love you, to say goodbye, whatever. They had a terrible fight. It's a good movie and a good scene. And you guys, yeah. have, you guys have great on-screen chemistry, but I heard you say that he would throw you sometimes with these improvisations. Yeah, but I loved it. Uh-huh. Do you know that the entire scene, it, that's a clever way to ask that question, the entire scene in the end in the cafe was all improvised. He had called me at 11 o'clock at night the night before and said, you want to come down here? I'm having a late dinner. And I had my nightgown on. He said, we could run the scene. And I said, is this like Marlon Brando in the back of the car? <laughs> Remember when they did that Going scene? On the Kazan, sure. Kazan did that thing, come down here. And I said, what's going on, babe? And he said, come on down, let's just run lines. I'm here and I'm having a steak. You want anything? I said, at this hour? No, we got to be up tomorrow. No, come on down. So I went down, we tried to rehearse. Guess what? The entire bar was like this, watching (laughs) Mr. Pacino. So we had to stop. He said, the script is light. It's just light. I said, I know, because the writer didn't really know. It wasn't in his soul, in his spirit. He had no idea they'd been put upon him to write this. But you know what I mean? He'd never read the book. How interesting. He'd never thought about it. So the scene didn't have any power. It didn't have any juice. It didn't have any kind of real anger, real disappointment, real betrayal. It was a betrayal scene, right? And so 8.30 in the morning, well, he tried to rehearse it and he couldn't because everybody was like this, you know, watching him. And so in the morning at eight o'clock, we're off camera. He turns to me, said, we're off the script, right? We're off the text, we're off the script. We're off the text, we're off the script, okay. I'm trying to remember every little thing. (laughs) And he says, I said, oh, okay. He said, yeah, we're off. 
We're off of it. I went, okay. That was like getting on a Persian rug going like this in the sky. Just taking a, taking a, taking yeah, a trip Yeah, it was with taking him, yeah. me for a ride. Yeah. And I, I said, okay, fine. Yeah, okay. You know, I wasn't going to get scared. Why would I be scared? I loved him. He's loving. It's a he great, loves actors. It's maybe the best scene in the whole movie. It's the best scene. You I know what? Yesterday. Mr. Levinson let it run. He didn't know what the hell was going on. The script girl was... Nobody knew what we were doing except the two of us. And during That's that great. scene, I remember thinking I heard my Aunt Marge. My Aunt Marge saying to oh, me yeah. about the only daughter left that was with the mother who was bedridden, what about me? Nobody thinks about me. And I thought, I heard her. And so I did it. That's great. I did it. I did Aunt March in the scene. Remember when I go, what about me? Yes, of course. Nobody cares about me. And then you storm out of the restaurant. It was Aunt March. (laughs) (laughs) Who used to make all my dresses for opening night for the theater. She was a bridal designer. She never got married. She was the best lady in the whole world. I loved her so much. how did mom and Aunt Marge like Midnight Cowboy, by the way? Because you were concerned about the nudity, as we co- as we covered. I think they were proud as get. I, they were. Know, they were supportive and loving it. My yeah. mother was like, mm, what are we going to do? <laughs> <You know, laughs> I mean, an Italian one, mother, what are we yeah. going to do? On, on one hand, my daughter's in an X-rated movie. Oh, yeah, right. On the other said, hand, it's best picture. That was her line. <laughs> she said, I don't know how I'm going to feel if I see your tits before your face. That was the one. <laughs> That's the line I was chasing before. I don't want to have to look at your tits before I get to see your face in the first movie you've ever done. You know, and I said, Ma, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. He said, well, let us hope so. You know, but they loved it. They were proud as punch. Everybody, I had a healthy family, thank God. Okay, folks, we're going to pause it right there, which is a perfect place to stop. Uh, and we, uh, there was so much great material here from Brenda that we decided to make it a two-parter, which by now you have figured out. And lots more great stuff next week. Uh, she talks about working with Old Blue Eyes on The First Deadly Sin and our pal Ron Liebman on Zorro the Gay Blade. She weighs in on the famous <laughs> the Andrea Martin spoof on SCTV of Brenda's uh, Playtex commercial. Her friendship with the ingenious Peter Cook, uh, working with Faye Dunaway on Supergirl. Lots more goodies next week. Uh, it was great to be back in the Sirius studio with Gilbert. Great to be with Brenda. We loved her. We clicked with her, as you heard. And uh, uh, more wonderful stuff in part two next week with the great, legendary Brenda Vaccaro. Can't hear a word they saying Only the echoes of my mind I won't let you leave my love behind No, I won't let you leave